Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey there, thank you for joining me for episode 131 of the High Income Business Writing Podcast. My name is Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to take their writing businesses to the six-figure level or the part-time equivalent. Just a quick reminder that you can find detailed show notes to this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 131. So LinkedIn has come up in this show before. We've, we've talked about this on and off. We've had an episode dedicated to it. And this is a social media platform that has been around for a long time. In fact, it's been around since 2002, which, gosh, in internet years, it's about, what, 87 years or so. But one thing I've noticed over the past couple of years is that LinkedIn has become an incredibly powerful lead generating and prospecting tool for freelancers. And for freelance copywriter Steve Maurer, LinkedIn has been an indispensable tool in his business. Steve is an industrial manufacturing and safety copywriter, and he's figured out how to turn LinkedIn into his most productive and reliable lead generating vehicle. And in this interview, you're going to hear exactly how Steve uses LinkedIn. He'll explain what elements you have to have in place in order to make the best impression with prospects. He'll also detail his exact process for finding and connecting with quality prospects. And he reveals how he gets most prospects out there to accept his connection requests and how to turn those connections into conversations and those conversations into clients. We get into quite a bit of detail here. Steve gets into his step-by-step processes, reveals his secret sauce, as he calls it, and I do believe this really is a wonderful secret sauce. So with that, please enjoy my conversation with Steve Maurer. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ed, for having me on. Well, it's great to have you, and uh, I'm excited about this topic because it's, as you very well know, a very hot topic and one that's uh, constantly changing and one that um, you're very familiar with. So I'm excited to hear what you have to share with us. Sounds great. So we're talking today about using LinkedIn as, as a marketing strategy, but before we get to that, as usual, I always ask my guests to Tell us a little bit about themselves, you know, specifically what you do as a copywriter, what types of clients you work with, how long you've been doing this. And then also you have an interesting target market. Uh, tell us why you chose that particular target market. Okay. Well, uh, I'm, I write mostly content marketing uh, for industrial manufacturing, uh, particularly in the electrical and safety field products. Uh I've been doing that for, well, I work with OEMs and component manufacturers and some small companies. Uh, Just this last Monday, I was contacted by a software company in Colorado that creates software for equipment status monitoring. And OEMs, by the way, just so people know. Oh, yeah. Original equipment manufacturers. (laughs) Okay. The big guys. So I have actually have written for small companies, medium-sized companies, and some fairly large companies. And so they're all out there, and they all want content. Uh, that, that, by the way, includes blog articles. Uh, I'm working on some case studies, uh, some white papers, and things like that. It's, it's all content marketing. Mm-hmm. I've been writing since about uh, October two, uh, 2010. Started in the low-paying content mills. Uh, my first article... After six hours worth of work, pay me five bucks. So obviously that was not going to cut it. And I quit doing mill work in uh, 2012 after connecting with American writers and artists and started uh, going after personal clients. And at that time, and it's weird, most of them were internationals that contacted me because they were wanting to bring their products and services to the United States. They wanted somebody who spoke the language. And so uh, uh, they they sought me out, or I was able to contact them. Uh, in fact, I live in Northwest Arkansas, and to date, I've only had one client <laughs> in my state, and he's about 13 miles down the road from me. 
So even though I avoided that market at first, and the reason I did uh, was because I, I had been in that kind of industry for about 30 years. Uh, but I, I finally gave in and chose the, that target market because I do know it. In fact, I've, I've used a lot of the products that I write about or something similar. So I've been their ideal customer for about 30 years. That means I know both sides of the learning, learning equation, of the, of the selling equation, and uh, it's a natural fit for me. I don't have so much as a, a learning curve as I do well, a little learning blip, just keeping up on current things. So oh, I speak their language. Yeah, I speak their really language. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm assuming that you use that in your marketing, right? You let them know, hey, I am, you know, I get it. I've used your products. I know them well. I I understand your market. Yes, it's right there on my LinkedIn summary. It's also all over my website. Uh, when you when you fo- can focus on a target market, not only do they understand you better, uh, but you also come up better in the search engines like Google. Perfect. So l- let's shift gears a little bit and, and get into some of the, the LinkedIn stuff. Now, before we get into some of the specifics, you you have been a vocal advocate for LinkedIn as a key part of your marketing strategy for a long time. And I'm curious, why are you such a fan of LinkedIn? Well, the biggest thing is probably because it's 100% business. Well, at least 99.998% anyhow. Uh, it's You won't find any games on it. You won't find any other distractions and bells and buzzers and whistles. It's, it's, it's a way for, for business people to connect with each other. It was actually specifically designed for interaction between business people. And so it makes a, a perfect place to search for them, for the prospects in your target market. And uh, as, since they also have company pages, you have the ability to actually check out the size and the details and, and other things of a company before you ever uh, start marketing to them. The other benefit to it is it's, I think, maybe the only platform where you can do both inbound and outbound marketing at the same time. Uh, unlike a website, you're able to focus, you know, zero in on your, your potential clients. You know, I like to use the fishing analogy for it because I do that a lot. And uh, your website is more like fishing for clients in an ocean. And, you know, the, it's, the Internet's so big, it's hard to get attraction from, from the right people. But on LinkedIn, it's more like fishing on, a, on Beaver Lake here in Arkansas. There's lots of water, but it has many coves and often with a particular kind of fish in it. And so it's easier to determine what you need and where you need to hunt for for the fish to find what you're after. And it's the same thing on LinkedIn. Oh, I like that metaphor. The, the fishing uh, <laughs> makes it makes perfect sense. And, and so you can uh, you can do both. You can go out and get very targeted and do some pretty amazing targeted searches. Mm-hmm. And then you can also um, position yourself in a way on LinkedIn that the right prospects will find you and reach out to you. Yes. So let's talk about uh, a little bit deeper uh, in, into this and how you use it. Um, in terms of the, the pieces that you feel need to be in place, because I think a lot of people want to jump right into the tactical, okay, uh, can you give me a hack or you know a process for doing this or finding a great client or getting a client to notice me? But before we get to that, I think it's important to make sure that you have the right pieces in place. So what are the, the some of the fundamental pieces that you have to get right in LinkedIn before you start using it as a tool before it can actually start paying off for you? Okay, yeah, there. Uh, that's a good question because I know uh, I was just in a class with a bunch of people who were seeing LinkedIn pretty much for the first time. And it can, can look scary at first, but really you only need three things to get started. Uh, you need a profile photo. You need a profile headline that's also called a tagline, and then your summary. Uh, that profile summary is going to be very similar to the about or bio page on your website. In fact, <laughs> not that I'm lazy, but uh, my my profile summary is exactly what I have on my, my bio on my website. And so you can write it once and use it twice. Uh, as far as a photo, it needs to be friendly. Uh, you got to have a nice smile on your face and be de- looking directly at the reader. I've, I've actually heard studies that said if you give that 
kind of wistful look off into the off into space with your hand under your chin, you know, it's actually less effective than having a, a, a direct on photograph of you smiling. And uh, make sure you don't have any anything too extraneous on there, like your dog or your cat or your kids or anything like that, unless it's important to your target market. A friend of mine, uh, Pam Foster, has a dog in her profile header, but she writes for the pet industry, so it makes sense. Uh, a lot of experts recommend that you have a professional shot, and, and that's probably a good idea. But here's true confession time. My photo was taken by the professional seamstress in the room right next to mine. Uh, my wife took that. But every element in that photo actually has a purpose. And uh, just kind of as an aside, it's the same photo I use for Facebook, Twitter, my website. Anywhere that I show up, that's the photo that comes up. Uh, it's kind of a branding thing, but it's also keeps my persona consistent everywhere. When people see that mug, you know, both the white one and the ugly one, uh, they know it's <laughs> the same guy. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's just, you know, I've actually had people come up to me and say, hey, I've seen you all over the net. And that's because I use the same photo everywhere. So yeah, that's actually that's smart. That that's smart. It, it is a branding thing because yes. you're right. I mean, I I could see that picture somewhere, and I don't even need to. It could be blurred out, and I know it's you. <laughs> and uh, I may change the coffee mug sometime, but I don't know. Uh, the second one, and now that's the first p thing that people are going to see. So that's your first impression. So make it a good one. But the second thing they're going to look at is the headline or tagline. Uh, it should be written just like a headline. You have 120 characters, including your spaces, to write a headline. Uh, so you keep your keywords to the front uh, because sometimes that gets truncated in, in a few instances. Uh, when you post on a comment or an update, the entire headline might not show up. But you use that headline to show what you do and who you do it for. And, and I gave you a, an example of mine, uh, industrial manufacturing and safety copywriter. Need customers to hear and understand your message. I speak industry. And so there's some key words in there uh, because this is used. Uh, Google is, or not Google, but LinkedIn is used for search. And when your uh, target market is looking for a copywriter, they're not typing in copywriter. They're they're typing, typing in whatever your their niche has to be, like industrial manufacturing or industrial copywriter. So you have those keywords in there. Um, and then it also includes a little bit of why I might be a good fit for the person reading it. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, it's a real quick point there, Steve, I, I've seen people, this seems like common sense, but I, I would say that most of the, uh, headlines that I see out there for freelance writers and copywriters don't take this piece of advice. They get way mm. too creative with with the um with that tagline uh you know corporate storyteller right what does that mean you know <laughs> so that might be kind of a nice positioning and messaging thing on your website where you have room to actually explain that but if, if somebody's looking for uh you know an industrial copywriter or safety uh products copywriter they they're going to search using those words and LinkedIn is going to their algorithm is going to place heavy emphasis on that yes. headline. Right. And in those keywords being present. And the other thing to remember, and I think I, I might mention this again later, but Google actually uses LinkedIn's database in its search results. And so use the same good practices you would use for, for Google here on LinkedIn uh, the two talk to each other constantly, and I've had many people find me on Google because they it took them to my profile. Interesting. Now, another thing, uh, the the last bit of piece, and this, I, oh, one more thing about those <laughs> those headlines: don't use those little special characters. That's wasted real estate. So you see little hearts and stars and all that. Don't go there. Uh, just write a good headline. Uh, the third one. And this, I see a lot of, of people don't use this as effectively as they could. And it's really a deal clincher because the summary is what talks to your, your target audience. It talks to that reader. 
You don't want just a laundry list of the services you provide. You can do that. I've seen a lot of it. I do have bullet points on mine, but there's a reason for that. But most of us here today are going to be our copywriters by trade. And we know how to structure an effective sales letter, and that's exactly what this is. It's an open sales letter to your target market. And so when you write it, write it like a dialogue, not a monologue. Uh, you'll find some of the first things I do on mine are uh, ask questions. You know, why is this important to you? What, what does that mean for you? And then I answer them. And actually, uh, when I wrote that, I actually had a picture of an ideal client in front of me, and I was talking to that person. Uh, so, so write a summary as a dialogue and make it conversational. Uh, don't get real stiff and formal on this thing. Uh, this person is reading that, and you want to actually make them feel like they're talking to you. Because uh, that's what LinkedIn's all about, uh, starting and continuing conversations between you and your prospect. I think that's really, really smart. I, I have experienced things from the other side when I'm looking for someone. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to pay attention to what goes through my mind as I'm reading some of these and, you know, we, we as, as freelancers, sometimes we think that, you know, prospects are looking for the optimal person, right? But um, I, I think that's a warped view of reality. I can, I can <laughs> <Right>. assure you <laughs> that many times they're just looking for someone who seems to fit the bill, seems to really understand what their world is like. So the moment they find somebody like you, for instance, Steve, and I've, I've, I've seen your profile, they're thinking, oh, my gosh, everybody else that I've come across seems either not focused, so they, they'll still write anything for anyone, mm. um, or, or or they're talking about you know three different areas that don't relate to mine, or they don't seem to understand my world. And the moment they come across yours, it's almost like they're so relieved that they <laughs> finally found someone. They don't need to dig as deep as you think in order to make sure you're going to be the right one. So it's almost like as long as you check out, they're willing to give you a shot. Of course, I'm oversimplifying, but that's kind of the, what's going on in, in their head. Not this, you know, really um, aggressive search effort that where they're going to put you through, through the ringer. Uh, yeah, that, I've got a great example of that. I had a lady that uh, found one of my articles that I wrote for, um, a company up in Canada. It was a content marketing hub and that had a link on it to my profile and she read my profile and then went from my profile, went to my website and the next thing I know, I have an email saying we need to talk. She says, my husband has, this, they have a, a, a business uh, instructing uh, other businesses. It's one of those coaching, uh, executive coaching businesses. And she says, my husband can talk fantastic when he when he's talking to the people. I mean, he's warm, he's inviting, he gets along great. But when he sits down to the typewriter, he freezes up. And she said, "You write like he talks. We need to talk to each other." Uh, and and that started a great project, uh, rewriting parts of their website and doing some blog posts. So what what a lot of prospects are looking for somebody who can do what they would like to do but can't. And uh, and writing conversationally is what they're looking for. Excellent. So in, in terms, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. or not really shift gears, but let's drill down a little bit into some of the specifics. Um, in terms of you, the way you find prospects in LinkedIn, uh, mm -hmm. walk us through the different ways you do that, um, how you find them, how you get their attention, how you start a conversation with them. Can, can you give us an idea of what that looks like? Sure. It's actually been an evolution. I started on LinkedIn, I believe, about four years ago, and I got fair results back then, uh, but nothing spectacular. In fact, it was more of a game of cat and mouse. I'd search for someone or come across their profile, and I'd view it, and whenever I did that, they would get a notification that I was there. And then some of them would come visit my profile to see you know, who I was, and that was kind of game on. I, I sent a connection request or an in-mail, and I probably got somewhere between a 10 and 15% response uh, response rate. It was kind of hit and miss. And response rate being what in, in, that, in that example? A actually, uh, 
connecting with me and and starting a conversation. Okay, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them wouldn't even look, or they wouldn't. Uh, uh, they'd look and then not be excited about it. My my profile was a lot different back then too. So it, I've actually re- rewritten my summary about seven or eight times. Now they, uh, uh, most of those strategies involve searching. Sometimes I would come across something in a news feed or uh, most people will have a LinkedIn button on their, their website, and I, I found a few through that. But uh, my strategy still involves searching, but to uh, probably a more precise degree. Uh, and the other thing, uh, the connection requests are actually easier to make now. Uh, if you did make one before, you had to answer all kinds of little questions like, how do you know them? Have you, you know, had lunch with this person and all this kind of thing. And, and it was difficult. You either had to abandon that connection or, or lie about it so you could get a, a request out to them. Uh, but I did give you a link uh, in a paper that I sent you that uh, how to use LinkedIn effectively mm-hmm. on search. Because using, using the LinkedIn search database is very similar to using the Google database uh, you'll use keywords and key phrases. You can also do what is called Boolean search, which means there are certain words that are operators. Like you can put marketing and director, and all of your search results will have both of those words in it. Uh, you can when I when I do a search. In fact, I have one up that I just did, and I have it up on my monitor. Uh, you can search for a type of company in your target market. That's one one reason that having a target market really helps on LinkedIn because you can really get this thing granular. Uh, I just did a, a search result for electrical manufacturing, and there are ten pages at least of ten each. So there's probably more than a hundred potential clients right there. Uh, when you do that, when you do a search like that, you're going to have some some uh, tabs at the top of the search page. It'll come in with the top whatever that means, and then people, jobs, posts, companies, groups, and schools. Obviously, the one I want clicked on is companies because now it gives me all kinds of companies uh, that I'm interested in. Uh, some of these I'm already following. Uh, some of them I'm not, and that, that plays a vital, vital part uh, when you do this. Uh, you can find a specific person if you like. If you know somebody in that industry and would like to connect with them, you can actually type their name in. If they have a profile, it comes up. But most of what I do is searching for companies in my market. Uh, it's a huge database. I mean huge database. And like I said before, Google trawls the LinkedIn search engine for results as well. Uh and by the way, we're going to include that link on on some of the search tips in the show notes. So yeah, everyone, great. if you're wondering what we're talking about, it'll be there, uh, and and you can uh, check it out. So so you 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 have this huge list of companies, right? Because you clicked on the companies tab, mm-hmm. uh, and what do you do? So suddenly, for that search term, as an example, electrical manufacturing, a bunch of companies in that tab. How do you even start searching or sorting through them? Okay, you can sort down through those, and there's also a little bit of extra information that kind of gives the the size of the company uh, in fairly round terms. Like uh, the first one I'm looking here, it has 51 to 200 employees. Uh, The next one has 200 to 500 employees, and then here's 1 to 10. Uh, But then the one I'm looking at right now uh, has uh, 10,001 plus employees. So you can actually target a size of company just right there, and 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 whatever you whatever, however big a company makes you feel comfortable, you can do that. If you want to work with small, you know, mom and pop shops, you can do that. If you want to deal for international companies, uh, you can do that as well. I picked out one here called Molex, which I've used their products, so it obviously would make sense for me to follow them. Uh, and I actually haven't done it yet. I'm going to open that. Whenever you find this list, uh, and you can click on the hyperlink to their company page, which is different from a LinkedIn profile, be sure that you right-click and open that in a new tab or window. That way you won't uh, lose your search page, and you can go back and do the same thing. You can actually do several of these in a matter of 
you know, 15 or 20 minutes. So it's not a, not a real labor intensive process. So you, you click on them on a new tab. Now you have the company page on a new tab on LinkedIn, the company page on LinkedIn. Exactly. And what do you do? Do you, is there a way to follow them? Yes. Uh, right up at the top, uh, there is a follow button in the header of that company page. You can click on that and actually start following that company. And you can do the same thing with individuals. Uh, but it's also a good place to start your research. The next uh, section is the About Us, and that tells you what they do, who they do it for, and why that's important. Does it sound kind of familiar? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it also will give company details like their website. Uh, this one happens to be headquartered in Lyle, Illinois. They've been around since 1938, so they're a very stable company. And it gives me what their specialties are. Uh, but the other thing, you want to scroll down, you, you may or may not get some, uh, some additional insightful information. Depends on how big, how many employees they have on, on LinkedIn. But right down at the end is, is a list of their, their company's updates on LinkedIn, all in a row. Uh, and I can look at this one, and I know these people are pretty active on on social media because uh, they had one today, they had one two weeks ago, they posted an update three weeks ago, and then another one. So they're using LinkedIn two and three times a week in order to get their message out there. And that means they get it. They understand social media, they understand content marketing, and uh, that's a good fit for me. So I'm going to click that that follow button. Before I forget, and uh, boom, when that happens, what now will begin starting probably in the next, well, the next time they have an update, is their update will start showing up in my news feed. And so every time they post something, it can come down in my feed. Now, LinkedIn will populate your news feed. That's the first thing you get to when you, you log into LinkedIn. Uh, they will kind of populate it based on, on your profile. But you have the ability to fine-tune that with companies that you want to follow. And uh, the ones that are very active are great ones to follow. And uh, But you can can look on their company page and uh, uh, kind of see how, how they post, how often they post, and what kind of response they're getting. Uh, so after that, I'll, you know, I might scroll down and get more uh, statistics and, and look them over. I might check out their website. And uh, but then is uh, the secret sauce. Now, this is top secret. You got to promise you're going to print this out, read it, and then eat it, and never speak of it again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, I hope a lot of people get uh, get to use this because it's so effective. Uh, so either from that company page or from my news feed, I'll find one of their updates that I can make a, a relevant comment on. And and by relevant. You know, I'll explain that in a minute, but just don't do the, the standard fare of, hey, this was really cool. Uh, that does nothing. Uh, you also will see a like button on their their updates, and many, 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 many people click that thing, and it means nothing. I've seen as many as 50 to 100 uh, people uh, like some of this company's uh, updates. I've seen some that number in the hundreds and thousands even. Uh and you can see who all those people are, but why waste the time? It's just a like. So uh, the person who is actually monitoring their, uh, their LinkedIn page, and these companies do have somebody watching it, uh, they will go down through and look for the comments. And so stand out, I make a meaningful comment, you know, like not just great article or cool product, or I really got a lot out of this. Uh, I'll go to, and actually read the content that they're promoting. It's usually off-site, uh, either on their website or maybe a press release in, in a, in a uh, digital uh, newsletter or something. I will actually go and read it. It takes a little bit of time, but not much. You can read the article in five or ten minutes and find something worthwhile to comment about. And, and then when you come back to this, and most of those links will take you in a new window anyhow, or at least a new tab. So you still have that, that, that update in front of you. I'll come back and I'll comment on that article. And I'll say something that shows that I actually read it. That's what they're looking for. And I've even asked questions there. Uh, no, nothing about, you know, hey, do you use freelance writers? 
<laughs> but sometimes I need some clarification on on what they had. Or I've even done a little controversial comment or two here and there and actually get some some traction from that. But most of the time, I just com- compliment on the article and kind of reinforce their idea. Uh, when I reinforce their idea and say, yeah, that's exactly right, and here's why, they now understand that I understand their business and, and these are people they're looking for. It also helps in that comment to tag them uh, using the company's name, and the easiest way to do that is start typing the at sign and then start filling in their name the link to their company page will come up and it's in there. And that's just an added notification that somebody out there really liked their stuff and we need to go see who that is. You've raised your hand and, and so uh, back to fishing, your bait's now in the water. So that, that you're doing outside of that page, right? Right. I, you can do that actually on that page or, or when it comes down in your feed, it'll work either way. Okay. Because the thing in your feed is actually – located on their company page and it, it sometimes it, it's a good idea to go back to that company page i made a comment one time and uh actually had somebody come view my profile but when i went back to the company page they had actually thanked me and replied to my comment and uh, so you, you won't see that as it passes down through your feed but you can go back to that company page and you can find it i love it i love it and just to clarify um, it, not to clarify, but I just want to underscore what you said, which is think of a comment that's meaningful and relevant uh, beyond, hey, great article. I got a lot out of it. And I, I know I agree with you. That's going to take a little bit of time. I do think, however, because I've done this many times, uh, not in LinkedIn, but with practice, there's probably a half a dozen kind of categories that that you will stick to. Mm-hmm. And if you one more benefit, like you said, of being targeted with your market, if, if you know the market well and you stay on top of it, it'll be easy for you to think of, of some of these things because mm-hmm. you'll be able to connect dots. You'll be able to ex- explain how you found it interesting or why you found it interesting or why you like their approach or their thinking mm-hmm. behind this idea or this launch or whatever. And, and it. Uh, you know, that's a good point. And, and uh, one thing that you can use a little bit of humor on there. Uh, you don't want any belly laughs or anything like that. But uh, I had one, for instance, it was about LED lighting, which is one of my favorite kinds of lighting. And it was a great article on, on how you save money and, and talking about the longevity and all that of, of, of LEDs. And I said, man, I agree with every one of your points. I said, let me add this one to a mi- to the mix. I use LEDs because I'm an old guy and I hate climbing ladders. And uh, this saves me from having to do that. And, and you could actually see him chuckle, and that's obviously a connection now. So you can, you know, you can use this in multiple ways. Just kind of don't get all hyper and, and uh, excited about it. Just really have fun with it. But do, do post some, uh, you know, professional comments, you know. But uh, a little humor now and then is, is not a bad thing. Okay, so you've put it out there. You've made a, a relevant uh, comment that it's obvious that you really took the time to to read it and to think about it. Mm-hmm. What's next? Okay, every now and then, and when you do this uh, using the comments, when you use this technique as opposed to what I used four years ago, uh, more than likely within a week, somebody is going to come view your profile. Because they say, man, this is a great comment. Who wrote that? And they want to come see who's actually helping them promote their own company. And uh, when that happens, it's time to start setting the hook. Uh, I'll view that person's profile and see who they are. And uh, also, if you go to the the person's – now, this is not the company page, but this is an employee of the company – You'll go to their profile, and there's uh, three little bu- uh, dots next to the profile picture. That's actually a drop-down, and if you click on that, you have several options. One of them, which I use quite a bit, is to save their profile to a PDF. And so now I start building a prospect folder. And it may not be just that person. 
you know, the, the, the folder will be named for the company, but I'll start putting prospects in, in contacts that I come across. I'll put their PDFs in there. Uh, it's also a time to start the connection process. LinkedIn has made it, you know, there's been a lot of changes in LinkedIn that people gripe about. I love them <laughs> and uh, because they're making it so much easier on me. Uh, when you connect now, uh, all you got to do in, in most cases, click the little connect button. Uh, but if that's not showing up, if all it says is in mail, uh, go back to those three little dots because there'll be a chance to connect in there as well. Uh, so you can get a connection even if you're there are three or four or five uh, waves of, of contacts out from you. Uh, so that connection uh, request box will pop up and it doesn't ask you a single thing. It doesn't care where you went to school. It doesn't care if you've had lunch with them, any of that thing. It doesn't even ask for the email. Now, what you got to be careful here is you don't get trigger happy. When that thing pops up, you can click send right away, and they will get a connection request from you, but it will be the standard boilerplate request that LinkedIn has in there. You don't want that. I get those a lot. Hey, I, I'd love to, to add you to my professional network. And then their name, and that's it. Uh, that 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 works sometimes, but uh, the whole thing about LinkedIn and any social media is you want to personalize everything. And so there's a link there right next to the send button that allows you to put in a personalized message. Uh, it's real similar to what you teach in, in warm emails. Uh, you're not getting salesy. You're just asking for a connection. Hey, I noticed that we have this in common or we have that person in common. Uh, I'm expanding my network in the, whatever your target market. In my case, it's a electrical field. Uh, would you like to connect with me here on LinkedIn? You know, I'd be honored, you know, stroke it a little bit and say, Hey, have a wonderful day, Steve Maurer. And my connection success of getting the, that first connection has jumped from 10 to 50, uh, 10 to 15% up to now 50, 60, and sometimes more of people who will connect with me when I send a request. So just that little tweak of, of knowing something about them, sending a good connection request, and actually introducing yourself to them through your comments on their post really increases your odds of making a meaningful connection. Wow. And so, and by the way, this could be uh, going just to kind of keep that sequence we were talking about. You saw who who replied to your comment on that article, mm -hmm. right? And right. And now you look at their profile, and then you send them in a connection. In that case, the the personalized message is very easy. Yes, hey, uh, great job again with that article. I agreed with what you said on that because you know I'm I have some experience there, and I think you're on the right track. Mm -hmm. I'm expanding, and I'm expanding my network in LinkedIn. Uh, in the um, not in LinkedIn in in the electrical uh, manufacturing industry, I, I'd love to connect. Um, I'd be honored if you're willing, et cetera. Uh, yeah, that you know, the more personalized you can make it, the better. I had uh, I commented on a uh, an update from uh, uh, Banner Engineering on the really exciting topic of cable e stops. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I'm very familiar yeah. with it. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's fascinating. So I made a really actually a meaningful comment on that. And sure enough, about two days later, here comes somebody from their company. And uh, he viewed my profile. So my connection request to him was, I noticed that you viewed my, my profile after making that comment on cable e-stops. I said, I'm really familiar with your products and have actually used them. I think you guys do a great job in protecting people. I'm expanding my network in, in the electrical industry. Would you love to connect? And bada bing, bada boom, the next day we were connected. And I got a message from him saying, you know, I love that comment. We don't get too many comments on cable e-stops, and it was nice to see. And so they appreciate that kind of thing. And like I said, personalize that message. Uh, make it meaningful. Uh, I connected with one guy because we both had fishing in common. But he was in Wisconsin, and I'm in Arkansas. And we actually connected uh, using that that line of reasoning. You know, we we have the same hobby, and now we're connected as, as far as business is too. So, bottom line is, you know, it's like a one, two, three punch in many cases because 
you're following the company. Every once in a while, when you see an update that you feel you can make a meaningful contribution to, you make it. That usually gets a response. Mm -hmm. You look at that person. You send a connection request with a personalized message. So you you already have that comment that you've made. The the request is personalized. No wonder your success rate is so high. But even if nobody responds, uh, or even if you haven't found a comment or an, an article or an update that you can can contribute to in terms of a comment, mm -hmm. um, you can still look to see who works there in the marketing department, for instance, and use this personalized connection invitation. That still is something you could always do. Exactly. Going back to the search box, you can fine-tune that thing to find out, you know, a particular company or a particular industry and people who have the title marketing directors or creative directors or marketing manager actually get them and, and then use the cat and mouse like I used originally. But you can also uh, send them a connection request with something like, hey, I'm, I'm a copywriter in the uh, industrial manufacturing uh, uh, field. Uh, do you ever use outside contractors for writing your marketing material? If so, I would love to connect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's you, you just got to take the pressure off yourself and have fun with this. This is actually for me, like you said, it's a one, two, three st strategy. It's automatic. And sometimes it could work very quickly. Uh, I, I was doing a test one time uh, for an article I was writing and I did a comment uh, early in the morning and then because I can reach LinkedIn at work, I checked it at noon and somebody had viewed my profile. So I sent them a, uh, a connection request and by the next morning we were connections and had already started talking back and forth. In fact, I, I found out that he was brand new as the uh, digital marketing director in that company. So the obvious thing for me to do was say, Hey, I, I congratulate you for your new job. If there's anything I can do to help you out in writing your content. Let me know. And uh, so we've had several conversations. So it's just, uh, you know, after a while becomes habit. Uh, and uh, I, I check LinkedIn. Boy, I hate to think number of times I check it a day. <laughs> Anywhere from three to ten times a day. Uh, I'll get in there first thing in the morning and I'll be in there. If I'm home working on my writing, I'll do it multiple times throughout the day. Uh, checking uh, company updates and, and connecting with people. Uh, if I have to go to work that day at my job, because I still have one of those, uh, I can actually use it at on, at breaks and on lunchtime and all that. Uh, LinkedIn is one of the few social networks that companies that you may work for won't block. They'll block Facebook. They'll block Twitter. They'll block a bunch of these other social media sites. But LinkedIn is 100% business, and their company is probably on LinkedIn. And so I, I have rarely seen anybody block LinkedIn on a, on a company computer that you might be using. Yeah, yeah. So it's one more reason why it's so superior for these purposes mm. uh, than some of the other ones. Uh, so one, one quick stat, by the way, and this is not uh, scientifically valid, but um, – I have been paying attention over the past few weeks. The percentage of people who send me a personalized connection request as opposed to the, you know, people clicking the button, which automatically sends a connection request with no personalized message. It's mm -hmm. about 10 to 15 percent. Um, so think about the and, and, I and I bet that that's pretty common, that that's that that I'm not far off from what most people see. Think about what an impression you can make just by personalizing the message. You can't help yourself. We're all wired to respond to personalization. Um, mm -hmm. so that alone, in a world where everyone else just wants to take the easy route, can, can really make you stand out. And in fact, so that leads me to my next question, which is you know, this, this tendency towards automation. We all want to make things easier, more efficient. I know that there's software plugins out there that can help automate a lot of this. What are your thoughts on that? I don't use them. <laughs> they stink. Actually, if you're playing the numbers game, which will, and that's exactly what they promote with these plugins and software. If you're playing the numbers game, yeah, it makes sense. But you said that most of your your connection requests were, you know, just the boilerplate 
uh, request, and that's a lot, a lot of what these softwares and plugins do. They're just picking uh, 50, 100, however many uh, people and sending them the standard boilerplate message, maybe with one or two little modifications. Uh, and you can get a lot of connections that way. But what I found is that the ones that are personalized are the more lasting connections. Uh, and part of it, uh, I'm a big uh, fan of Robert, Dr. Robert Cialdini. And in his persuasion books, you know, he talks about the, uh, the, the uh, theory of reciprocity, that once you do something for somebody, you feel or they feel obligated to re return the favor. And I think it's the same thing on personalization. Uh, I have absolutely no problem with denying or even just dismissing an automated response. They didn't put any effort into that. But if somebody sends me a personalized re uh, request, I at least owe them to, uh, to actually respond back to them because they went to the trouble of, of, of uh, actually writing something personal to me. And so I think that's, that's a lot of it uh, that you can't get out of automation. And I think what you're finding, in fact, uh, LinkedIn has some recent uh, changes in their, their privacy policy and things like that. I think you'll find a lot of these automated softwares and plugins are going to get banned because they become more of a nuisance uh, than they do actually a help. And people are going to say, hey, I don't like that. And the last thing you want is to get blocked on LinkedIn by, some, by a disgruntled member. Uh, that can uh, ruin your chances of working in the groups or anything like that. And so uh, it just makes more sense. If you want a better connection, if you want a more lasting connection, uh, then you talk to them. Uh, when I when I got married, I did not send my <laughs> my wife a tweet. You know, it was a personalized invitation to marry me. <laughs> and it's worked for 39 years. And so it's the same thing on LinkedIn. Uh, personalization it, it tops everything. So I have one one last question for you. It's something that we've kind of skirted over, but uh, it's it's important that we address it because you have mentioned the changes that have been mm. uh, coming around, and you know there probably will be more changes with Microsoft uh, Microsoft's acquisition of LinkedIn. How do you stay on top of of all these changes? You know, how do you how do you make sure that you understand what's new, how it can help you, and so forth? Because that that is um, that could be a, a full time job. It feels like sometimes. <laughs> exactly, and fortunately, there are people out there who make that their full time job, and so that's all you have to do is follow the the uh, the LinkedIn coaches. I know several accredited ones, and actually. Uh, talked to the three here. I, I've talked to Ted Prodromu, uh, Bryn Tillman, and Melanie Dodaro. Sometimes it's just been through email. Sometimes it's been actually on the phone. Uh, but these people, it's their business to help people have successful LinkedIn experiences. And so I, I get their books. Uh, I will read their, their updates on LinkedIn uh, and signed up for some of their newsletters. There's also one, and I cannot remember his last name, uh, but Greg out of the UK is is a very good uh, uh, expert on LinkedIn and the changes. And so I follow these people. And obviously, when uh, something changes, they will post an update about that. And I get get the news uh, firsthand. And in fact, uh, I know at least Ted is actually on a team that LinkedIn uses whenever they're getting to uh, to make changes to actually test them out. So a lot of these people are, are, they don't work for LinkedIn, but they are beta testers more or less for what LinkedIn's going to do. Uh, there, there again, you mentioned Microsoft, and I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, people think they're going to ruin it. I don't think so. I don't know what kind of changes. Of course, uh, SlideShare was the presentation part of LinkedIn. You know, when they acquired SlideShare, then you could put these uh, these uh, slideshows up on your profile. Uh, the biggest thing there was you almost had to use PowerPoint. You know, that was that was the uh, presentation software of choice to create these things. And that's Microsoft. Uh, I honestly, you know, I can't say this, so don't 
<laughs> don't take this for gospel, but it would not surprise me if uh, somewhere down the road a LinkedIn profile became part of your subscription to, uh, say, Office 365. I haven't heard anything to that effect, but it would not surprise me in the least that they're going to up their, their game by, you know, giving you a subscription to that. Uh, then I think there's other, some other changes. As you know, uh, LinkedIn has a lot of good training on it that you can take. And if you are a premium member, it comes with a package uh, that's uh, offered by lynda.com. And Microsoft uses lynda.com to train. So I think you'll see a lot of uh, good information there. Wow. Well, Steve, this has been hugely informative, and I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and, and sharing what's been working for you on LinkedIn and, and your wisdom. And I know people are going to walk away with some uh, very practical things they can put into play right away. So thank you for coming on. Uh, oh, thank where, you. Where can listeners learn more about you? Where can they find out more about what you do? And, and of course, check out your LinkedIn profile. Oh, absolutely. And and send me a meaningful connection request that's personalized. Yes, please. <laughs> but you can also visit my website at, at uh, www.mauer-copywriting.com. Now, if you're on the, on the podcast listening, the easier way to get there is to go to www.stevescopy.com, S-T-E-V-E-S-C-O-P-Y.com, and that will redirect you to my main website, uh, and then from there, uh, obviously, I have LinkedIn uh, badges on my, my website. You can click on that, and that's a quick way to find me on LinkedIn. Or you could use a Boolean search as well for industrial copywriters. Uh, also, uh, I do manage the uh, American Writers and Artists, Inc. LinkedIn group. And uh, you can find that at linkedin.com slash groups slash 726097. And we'd love to have you there. You don't have to have bought any AWAI products to join the group. And, and it's we try to keep it uh, very open. And uh, uh, you can ask all kinds of questions. You can ask the stupid questions because there are dead. Oh, <clears throat> love it. I love those kind of groups. Well, Steve, again, thanks thanks for coming on. Uh, this has been a wonderful chat. I, I truly enjoyed it. Well, thank you. I've, I've enjoyed it as well. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.